Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, August 17th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is the Mike Avenir Show. I am your host, of course, Mike Avenir. Sitting alongside my main man, Pop DiBiase. We got a lot to talk about today. We ain't going to get woke because we don't want to go broke. We're going to be talking like barbershop style today, tomorrow, the next day. That's why you guys come park it with us for an hour and uh, we'll free your mind from all the nonsense that's going on in the news start off with uh let's start off with some fifa women's world cup pop are you into it uh or once the u.s is out and eh, wh- where do you stand with the fifa world cup now i know that these games are on in the middle of the night which doesn't help well might you be mad at me i haven't watched one second of it i probably watched about 30 seconds right. of a uh of a replay clip as I was waiting for Saratoga to start, but um, that's about it. But I did see that the U.S. did lose. You know, I do. Twitter's kind of my news feed sometimes with sporting events that I'm not watching. So I just watch what they're talking about, and it seemed like they're pretty upset about America, but I could be, could have been real quick to tell you that it was just like it was about eight years ago when they had Hope Solo and all those old, old women that were on the team then that when they lost, remember they lost to Brazil or something like that in the Sweet 16 portion of it and everybody was so upset about them losing to Brazil and, you know, we don't lose and da-da-da-da-da. But people have to understand they're a team that were, are going through a transition where they're bringing in the young girls. They're bringing in the new the new the new ways and they might not be as dominant as the uh, the Maya the 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 Mia Hams and the uh Megan Rapinoe's and all that good stuff so you know they're 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 kind of learning their way and they didn't and I, I think that w- there was a, a little bit of a disconnect between the older players and the younger players and that's really why they could never get going the way that team USA usually gets going. And so that's why they pretty much went home. That's that's my biggest thing. And uh, we have to remember that soccer is probably one of the sports that women all over the world are very good at. It's not like basketball where they're going to go in there and still beat them for the next 20 years. Soccer is a, is a sport where people can catch up with you pretty quickly in the sport. And we know that the European girls have always been good. The Brazilian uh, girls have always been good. The Colombian girls have always been good. And, um, you know, just pretty much all what's happening is, is that the discipline of the USA just wasn't there. When they're disciplined and focused, nobody can beat them. But you know, whenever they have somebody who's being way too much of an egotist in that room, then that's when they start losing. And I think that's exactly what happened. And from what I was hearing, Megan Rapinoe was somebody that everybody was having a little bit of an issue with. And um, pretty much uh, it happens. And she's supposed to be somebody that everybody looks up to. But you know how it goes with somebody these older players, they have this attitude to where you have to to, to fall in line with what they want to do and not 
fall in line to what the team actually needs them to do. Yeah, well, you're right about that. And, you know, speaking of Megan Rapinoe, you know, in the very beginning of the show, I said we, you know, uh, jokingly said, you know, we won't uh, go woke because we don't want to go broke. And that's kind of what happened with her, right? Because, you know, she was on this big crusade about equal pay for women. Okay, setting that aside, because I, I do have some pros, but a lot of cons about that. <laughs> setting that aside for a minute, she went from supporting or championing equal pay for women, and then all of a sudden, she's like, dudes can compete with for roster spots with women, as long as you say that, you know, uh, I feel like a woman today. So, like, which is it? Are you feminist or you're not feminist? It doesn't even make sense. And so I think she just started getting into the whole jambalaya of, like, social justice issues, you know, kind of trying to copy, like, some of the NBA guys, you know, from the George Floyd time period and stuff. She wanted to make her mark. And, yes, I support trans and this and that. And it really, I, I think got to the point where the focus was splintered. And I think, unlike in the NBA, where a majority of the players on a given team probably think similarly, I think it was pretty divided down the middle on uh, Team USA. You could just tell that by how many were sitting down during the national anthem during these games and how many had their hand over their heart. So to me, it looked pretty evident. You know, it was like 50-50. So, right. anyways, and, go ahead. You got to alleviate people like that off the team, man, because they're not, they're no good for you. It's not that you're trying to go against what they want to do. It's just that, you know what, it, it started to just be more about you and whatever message that you have, and we're not here for that. We're here to play soccer. We're here to get away from all that. So, you know, right. that's cool. Be yourself, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, it started to become a very tired, clout-chasing move. Of course. And, like, Pop, they're playing for Team USA. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, like how how moronic is that? I hate the U.S., but I'm playing for them and, and taking their money. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a bad look to be at that stage and doing that. And then, man, when you look at all the other countries, right, Nigeria and all the other – uh, countries from Latin America and from Europe all standing super proud of their country and representing and their national anthem as it should be. And our gals are just so egotistical, you know what I mean, that even while they're playing for Team USA, they want to show their individuality, right? And I agree with you. There's a part of it is like, okay, you're on Team USA. The other part, too, is you guys collectively should all do this together as a unified front. If you're not unified as a team, you're already behind the eight ball. How are you going to win? So right. That's kind of my take on it. You know what I mean? And I'm going to just finish it's kinda, with It's kind of like having like a, you know, in the NBA when you're drawing up plays? Yeah. I sometimes kind of wonder, like, when I see like three guys off to the side, I'm not talking about the guys that are injured or whatever, but I mean, like, sometimes you can tell they're not focusing. But then other times you could tell, like, the whole team comes in and they're, like, super engaged in it. And, like, you get a feeling. It's a perception. You know, these 
guys really think they're going to come back. They're intense. They're about the moment. I didn't feel that with Team USA. Because that means somebody's pissing you off and you're not, and you just, and the coach ain't doing nothing about it because the coach can't do nothing about it. And you know what the biggest problem with a lot of our USA team sports nowadays is you guys only want to represent America when it's convenient. Everybody wants to be from whatever natural country that their family comes from. Everybody wants to say they're an immigrant and all this other extra stuff. And nobody talked about like this 30 years ago. Everybody was really about being from the USA. It don't really matter about what happened 200 years ago or how my family got here. I'm an American citizen, and I'm proud to be an American citizen. And, you know, everybody else represents their country, and they never make it to where it's only a convenient thing for them. You see people of all shades and colors from all types of different countries, but they'll always tell you, I'm not... I'm from uh, France. I'm from Italy. I'm from uh, Colombia. I'm from so and so, and they'll be as dark as as nighttime, and they'll be from uh, uh, Ecuador. So you know, like literally, like, but they love their country. You don't see them saying, "Nah, I'm from Ghana, man," but by way of Ecuador. No, no, you were from this country. You grew up in this country. You were born in this country, and you need to represent it to the absolute fullest because you don't know how lucky you are to be a part of this situation. Really, we are one of the few blessed nations in all of the world that are able to really have a real freedom to do what what, what we truly want to do. People could go over and play for North Korea and have no nothing to say or China and have nothing to say because if you say something there, you're going to prison and they don't care and they don't have people that are going to go on Twitter and protest for you because they'll shut that down. See the the, the privileges that you have here in America and you don't want to uh, take advantage of them because you want to impress people that people on the internet, on Twitter, on all these places that don't pay your bills at this moment. Right. I just don't get You're it, man. Spot on. You're spot on. <laughs> they, 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 here's the thing: they're very spoiled. Convenient, huh? They're very look. They're very spoiled. They they really don't know how it is in the rest of the world. You know, they've maybe heard stories about extreme states like North Carolina, uh, like North Carolina, like North Korea, as you mentioned, or China or something. But there are a lot of other places. It's not just limited to those two places where you have some really, really limited rights. Even, like, okay, take Cristiano Ronaldo as an example. You know, arguably one of the top three players, most famous three players of any sport in the world. You know, right up there with Messi, etc. Ronaldo just got a deal for ridiculous sums of money from Saudi Arabia. So he goes over there, and uh, he, he just started over there very recently. But part of his contract is, you know how like a lot of Dominicans and Latinos and Latin Americans and Spaniards will make the sign of the cross, like when they're going for an at-bat or when they score a goal or whatever. And his contract says he can't do that. Can't do that in Saudi Arabia. It's uh, the holy land for Muslims. And if you do that, it is like sacrilege to them. Like, just think about that for a moment. Something that we see on any given day watching baseball. In all the games, 30 teams 
rosters of 24 on every team. Seems like half of MLB is from Latin America somewhere or the islands. And we see that gesture, you know, hundreds of times, thousands of times during the course of the season. Many thousands. You go to one of these other countries, you're not allowed to do it. I mean, when you just think about how limited you can be, and that's just one example. There are many other examples where you can't say certain things, you can't look at women a certain way, you can't dress a certain way. I'd love for Megan Rapino to be in Saudi Arabia for a year. Come back and talk to me. Let me know what you think about the United States. And I'll leave it at that. You saw that what happened to Brittany Griner when she came back from Russia. She was so humble. Right. So humble, she cut off her hair and started to wonder to look like a woman. So, you know. <laughs> you know, it changed your whole it changed your whole perspective, you know? Right. Absolutely. You that's know? a that's a good example. But I don't even think you need to even like be imprisoned and stuff to be able to learn that lesson. Just Megan, go go to Saudi Arabia. Go to China, work in China, play for their team for a year. You know, how about Venezuela? Right? They they count how many pieces of toilet paper that you're allowed. No joke. So, you know, that's why I say a lot of these people are really, really spoiled. And I think ultimately it hurt TV USA. And here's another thing, by the way. Like, so we're we're really big on like, hey, we need to, you know, grow homegrown soccer players, United States, if we're going to compete with the world. Okay, great. So why is it that you guys are always getting head coaches from like Germany and from elsewhere, or this guy uh, with? The women's team, he just resigned yesterday. I think he's like a Russian. How can we don't ever get American coaches? Like, I, I don't understand that at all. Does, doesn't make sense to me. How, how are they able to connect with the players? I just don't get it. From living here? I mean... Because they still live here. That's the whole thing. They're just from a different country. No, but I mean, like, some of these guys, like, live and reside in Germany. Oh, let's bring over um, Klinsmann from over there to coach over here. He's expressed interest. And so the I'm not even talking, like, somebody who's from there but now is an American citizen. I'm talking about somebody who's from there and still from there, you know. But that's that's a separate story for a separate day. And maybe one of our listeners can uh, chime in on that on social media or something like that. At Pop DiBiase, at Gabadier on the Twitter X. Pretty soon we'll just be calling it X, but I think until people get used to that, we'll just have to, you know, allude to the fact that it's Twitter X. Pop. It should be called complaining. That's what it should be called. Right. Because I'm waking up at I, I get up early and the first thing I'm seeing is people being angry about some sports story or somebody getting popped with steroids. It's just, you know, and I'm just angry and I'm just ready to cuss somebody out and I'm ready to to start online fights knowing that 
if somebody comes to my door, I'm going to be scared. It's so, you know, like, seriously, like, we're just talking behind screens and talking nonsense now. Exactly. And, and look, social media has gotten to be a cesspool of negativity. Of just as, miserable, man. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. man. People who know they'll never talk to you like that in person or in public. Ever. They, they're trying to come with their deepest thoughts, and it's just you're thinking too much. Well, they used to always say, like, um, people are bolder when they've been drinking. Right. Well, now it's like you could either be drinking or you could be on your computer or phone, and you could be bold as well without the, without the cocktail. So it just empowered people in that sense because there's really no ramifications. There's no consequence for them to do so. And they just want to stir the pot. And a lot of times, I don't even think they give a hoot about the issue that they're poking at. They just want to get under somebody's skin. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe they're hoping that other people will pile on and they can get some likes. Maybe they can get their 15 minutes of social media fame. Who knows, man, but I'm with you. But at the same time, we use it for good, not negativity not for bitching and complaining. And if anybody wants to interact with us, to have a good dialogue about your favorite team, about a team you uh, root for or root against, or a play that you really like a lot, or asking for Pops picks or whatever, holler at us on the Twitter, as my man Pop DiBiase says. Let's it's not get mad at people being able to make big deals happen for themselves. I right. swear, I swear, I saw what the, what they were saying about um, your boy McAfee. They're like, "Oh, he's about to sell out." Well, dude, they just gave him fifty million dollars. It, it's okay to sell out when they give you that much. <laughs> it's all right because yeah, I mean, you'll trade you'll trade places in a heartbeat. You know course, you will. Man. But look, man, stop playing yourself. There's a difference between selling out and complying with, like, let's say, a company philosophy, right? Like, when you go to the Yankees, you have to shave. Right. You got to be clean shaven. You got to cut your hair, all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Well, you got to be true to yourself, man. That, you're selling. No, that's not selling out. That's just complying with the team philosophy, the team rules etc selling out would be you know like going against your deep core principles for the money you know turning your back on your people for the money that's to me is selling out you know mcafee having to abide by some rules hey man more power to him glad he got the loot and that'll open the door for others in our profession to get the loot too so, got to have Pioneer somewhere. I'm all about it. I wish him nothing but the best. Pop, let's take a quick commercial timeout. Come back. Move off of Team USA's failure in the World Cup. Talk a little MLB, some horse racing, NFL camps, all after a quick timeout. On the other side, we'll be back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Business Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on The Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back for the second segment with Pop DiBiase. We're talking everything in the sports world under the sun. Pop, let me ask you something because I was a little bit surprised to see some um, your, some of your VIP executive plays uh, containing some NFL preseason. Now, what's what's your logic there? Because as we both know very well, teams are evaluating their depth charts. They're trying to round out their rosters and figure out, you know, do we want to keep, you know, ten receivers or eleven? Do we want to keep, you know, this many DBs? How many do we want to be pure corners? You know, how could we use this guy in our dime package? Or could we go without him and then carry an extra linebacker? So when you know that the coaching staff is using these games for that purpose and not for winning or losing or whatever, how is it that you're able to handicap these ball games? to feel confident enough to issue these as plays that you'll put your money on? Well, you know, it's because I only had six baseball games, and, well, two of them started as early as possible today, and then, you know, you don't have much in baseball. And then I still got to take care of the people as well, too. So I decided today to go ahead and just play the morning games for my clients. And then, you know, I got a little bit of an insight of what's going on with the Browns a little bit right now. And they're playing really good football because they got a really good backup quarterback right now. And Dorian Thompson Robinson, UCLA uh, alumni, a guy who played 
started 41 games at UCLA, and the way he's playing right now is he's really making it look look uh, like the NFL is starting to have a real issue on how they really scout these players out because I don't know why it's so tough to really tell the differences in quarterback positions anymore, but you got a guy in DTR who's started 41 college football games, 41 of them, Mike, and that's a lot of experience. And you got to understand, they built the guy up from the ground floor. The guy looked like he couldn't, didn't even know how to throw in his first game at UCLA. I remember watching his first game uh, with UCLA. They were playing against Cincinnati. So pretty much I see that he progressed to being a very, very multi-versatile quarterback. I thought it was just going to be his legs and his athleticism, but the guy – is probably the most accurate passer that came into the draft this year. And I think that guys like him and Jake Hayner were very overlooked because the schools that they played for, if they played for um, USC and um, Oregon and all this stuff, they probably would have went ahead of Stroud and Richardson, to be honest with you, because those two guys are actually quarterbacks that fit the NFL bill. The, Guys that were drafted at the top, other than Bryce Young, they just fit an idea what they of 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 a potential. You know what I mean? They said one's gonna be like uh, one is accurate and is just a gamer in a sense of like a Herbert, but you don't know that yet. And that's Stroud. And then they said, you know, Richardson is like Mahomes, and now everything, everybody that they say is like Mahomes is a top 15 pick. You know who else was like Mahomes as well, too? But he played on a really bad, he, he was he, he got drafted to a bad situation, and then everything just went bad because he had the worst attitude. Josh Freeman. Josh oh, yeah. Freeman and Patrick Mahomes are the same exact quarterback. Dude, Josh Freeman could throw the ball – 80 yards down the field and do and and do things on his feet, all that stuff. And where did he go? Kansas State, of all places. And they weren't a good team when he went there. Where did Patrick Mahomes go? He went to Texas Tech. And these guys were drafted as they were drafted literally in the same spot, brother. And I'm telling you right now, if Patrick Mahomes would have never got with Andy Reid, it would have just been Josh Freeman part two. Keep it real. Put him well, in look, Brandon, look, there's no doubt about it that the success of a player in the National Football League is entirely dependent on oh, um, the team uh, the team he's on and the coach he's got. It's not like a center fielder can catch the ball if he plays for the Red Sox or the A's. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, he's gonna if he can hit the ball, he's gonna hit the ball whether he's on the Red Sox or on the A's. In football, it's not like that. Not right. not even close. You know, maybe the only position is kicker or something where where you you know you, you know it can can say that this doesn't really matter what team you're on, although it might matter a little bit in terms of like if you play like in the frozen tundra versus a dome or something, but I mean it's not dependent on what kind of coaching staff you've got and what type of offense they run or what type of defense. NFL is entirely based on that. I always tell people you cannot judge somebody's career. Um, 
you can't. It's hard to evaluate somebody whether he was successful or not in the NFL if he doesn't do well. That doesn't mean he's not a good player. It just means that there's a, probably a good chance that he was on the wrong team. He wasn't on a team that could fully utilize his talents, or maybe he doesn't fit that system. But a great example going the other direction is like Tom Brady. You know, if if he was on, you know, the Atlanta Falcons instead of the Patriots, we may never even know the name Tom Brady because a couple of years later they would have taken Matt Ryan and uh, Brady would be an afterthought. It's possible. Pretty sure he wouldn't have gotten all those Super Bowls. So, absolutely, it makes a big difference. And uh, I hear what you're saying. I think uh, I think Dorian is a, is a is a nice quarterback. I think sometimes, you know, you kind of look at some of the some of what's right in front of you. Like, why wasn't he first team All Pac-10 or Pac-12 or whatever? Right? You know. The somebody may look and be like, well, because the Oregon offense was pretty prolific and Bo Nix was really, really good and so on and so forth. Okay, well, then how come he was just honorable mention? It wasn't even like second team. And so uh, I suspect that there's maybe some limitations that maybe you and I are aware of. But, you know, here's the thing. It really depends on if, if the li- so-called limitation is something that one can work on or not, right? Like, like a quarterback that runs a five flat, he can't work on it and all of a sudden become Michael Vick. It's not possible. Can't teach somebody speed, right? The best you could do is maybe trim it down from five flat to a four nine five or something. But you're not, you're never going to be fast. But maybe a mechanical issue, maybe decision making, maybe you just need some coaching. You know, so I don't know what the issue was. Uh, but look, I agree with you. I think he's got an opportunity, especially if he could sit back and learn. And he's got some good mentors. And he can maybe learn a thing or two from Deshaun Watson, who's played at MVP levels before. You know, they may have themselves a, a nice uh, young quarterback to spell Deshaun if he gets hurt uh, or to take the reins in a couple of years. So I'm with you on that, man. I think that's a that's a good, good find on your part. Hey, was he on the same team that uh, Snoop's kid was on in uh, in Vegas? Or do you know who? Dorian. Oh, because um, you went to that Bishop um, Bishop Gorman Dorian, High School. Dorian Dorian was a few years after uh, him, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. but Dorian did go to Gorman though. Him and uh, Cedric Tillman, right? Yeah, they both went to Gorman, and I. Th- but I think they went to another school out there in Vegas as well too. Before they went to Gorman, usually when you go to Gorman, you started somewhere else. But yeah, gotcha. they're Vegas, they're Vegas guys, and that's a, a special situation. But I just say, if DTR would have been able to play at, say. UNLV with the skill set that he had by his senior year, they would have been a bowl team. But see, that's see that. when you don't have that bag. You know, like, yep. 
when they won't let you spin that bag. I'm telling you right now, if if they ever let see UNLV have a football team that's over seven wins, they're gonna definitely investigate that. There's <laughs> kind of like an unwritten rule: UNLV, you can't be that good. You know, because right. we know that that they easily could bring in the 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 the, the best that money can buy. Because regardless of how anybody wants to shake it or put it, one thing about UNLV is they do have some of the richest alumni in this nation that uh, are that deal with that school. And you know, I'm not sure. saying you know Vegas has uber uber rich people, but I know that the donors for UNLV are very wealthy. And pretty much, if they wanted to, they could make level the playing field and literally do, you know, be on the same level. But they just found out something, you know, and it, the funniest thing was nobody knows this, but UNLV was very, like, adamant about going to the Pac-12 before it dissolved. Seriously, they were like, we're waiting on the call because we know that if we go to the Pac-12, we can officially start recruiting the way that we used to recruit. And pretty much what's going to happen now is Mountain West turns into the Pac-12. Pretty much, it's not going to be called the Pac-12, but the Mountain West becomes the premier West Coast West Coast Conference, and now they can get Power Five status. So that means that um, UNLV, Fresno State, San Jose State, those schools are actually going to get an, a, a, a a facelift, somewhat, with UCLA and USC uh, heading over to the Big Ten. But you know. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I just keep saying that what they're pretty much doing is is they're making one big NCAA tournament for the uh, college football ranks because all this location switching is not for basketball. It's for football. It's all about the football money. It's not about the basketball money. It's about the football money because literally this is why we lose in the Pac-12, Mike. Because they couldn't take twenty million dollars less than what was offered, they got offered thirty million a team, and they asked for fifty. After they talked to a professor who said they were worth fifty, because they 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 think they worth the same amount as the Big Ten and the SEC, and really ain't nobody's uh, worth the same amount as the Big Ten. The Big Ten has deals with CBS, NBC, ABC, and ESPN, and Fox. Come on, dog. Look, man, I think we're at the point now with with their own network, too. But look, this has gotten so ridiculous at this point of the university free agency going on here. It's almost like, you know what? Let's just draw lines. You know, if you're west of Colorado, you're in the pack, whatever, pack 20. I think they all, (laughs) you know, you know, if uh, if you're in the south, it's like you're part of the SEC. If you're up in the northeast, you know, let's say uh, Ohio, Cleveland, all the way to you know New York and Massachusetts and all that kind of stuff, and then something for the middle, and just have four gigantic conferences and call it a day. You know, forget all this free agency stuff. I just don't think it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense for SC and 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 UCLA to travel from here all the way to these far destinations when they have perfectly good schools near them, you know, ASU and and U of A, they could drive their car there, you know, 
Uh, obviously, the two schools are across the street from each other. To get to Cal and Stanford, you know, our flight. To me, it just it, it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. You've taken it now to such extreme business levels at the university. Have you thought at all about these guys and the school that they got to go through? You're really treating them like pros. So I think what's going to end up happening, Pop, is that above and beyond the nil deals, they're going to start asking for salaries. That's going to be the next thing because they've, they've made it into such a business. They're making business decisions now that are contrary to these guys' scholastic endeavors. School is very secondary. So now that means we got to go take a longer trip because we're going to be flying farther in different time zones, you know, and, uh, you know, dealing with a much different type of schedule in the fall than these guys have been conducting in X many years. Something's got to give. You know what I mean, Pop? So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not thrilled with all this movement. I'm going to keep you know, for me, uh, I, I liked watching the late night Oregon State game as they try to knock off USC. You know, or they're 21 point underdogs, but they're up by three in the fourth quarter. You know, that was fun to me. You know, I don't know how I feel about SC, you know, going up against, you know, whatever, uh, Illinois or Minnesota. I mean, is, is that resonate with you at all? Any excitement there? Well, you know, I get excited because I know that we'll have some fun matchups like, say, uh, UCLA-Michigan at the Rose Bowl, 5.30 um, in the afternoon, man, on ABC. That's going to be classic. You got Ohio State versus uh, USC at a noon uh, uh, Saturday game that in L.A. That's going to be – see, it's all about the TV. You know what I mean? And that's what they're looking at. When you look at but the I thing, thought that, I thought that's what bowl games were for, Pop, that we can now finally see that matchup. I understand that part, but see, then you say bowl games, and then, you know, everything just makes you just get madder and madder because now, you know, pretty much they destroyed the Rose Bowl because the Rose Bowl had a tradition to it to where the game has to start at a certain time and end at a certain time because there's something about a uh, a certain scenery that happens that is really epic for the game as night tur- as day turns into night. But you know ABC with their greedy selves is well. You know we're going into the uh, to the to the bowl series to the playoff series, and you know we're pretty much not going to even care about the traditional bowl game. We're still going to do it on the day of that bowl game, but we're not going to take look at it as the way that we used to look at it. So y'all just going to have to deal with it. And yeah, we're not doing Pac-12, Big Ten anymore. It's going to be whoever we choose to be in that uh, that that spot. And they said, if you want the TV money, you don't have to do it. If you don't want the TV money, just go ahead and fold. And that's exactly what happened. And eventually, they'll probably take the Rose Bowl out of the Rose Bowl and put it in SoFi. You know what I mean? And I hate to say that, but you know what? I'm 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 not I'm not sitting on anything being permanent anymore, bro. I'm just not, Mike. It's it's just nothing. Nothing is a sure thing anymore. I thought in never in a million years would you shut down the uh, Pac-12. Would you shut down the Pac-12, Pac-10? It's. I thought it was. It's the cha- conference of champions. There's no way that you'll do that. And then the idiotic, uh, the idiotic, um, um, 
people in charge want way too much money. They thought that they were an SEC uh, type brand, and they they're not. But I think they did it on purpose so they can scale back to these schools being more student, more more uh, student athlete. I'm not talking about UCLA, USC, because you have to be a student athlete at those schools to even participate on their teams. But the rest of these schools to where they don't have to be in competition anymore with the USC's and UCLA's to try to fulfill these great football and basketball teams, just make it to where it's a student athlete situation. And it's always much funner that way as well, too. That's why they didn't want Cal or uh, Stanford. But Cal and Stanford are going to, to the ACC, so they'll be all right. And I said they were perfect fits for the ACC because the ACC is more of a student. It's more about the student athlete in the ACC. Just think about it. The Boston Colleges of the World, Duke, North Carolina, Wake Forest, these are superior universities when it comes to you know going to those schools. So, 100%, Pop. Let me interrupt you here because we're way over on a break by about three minutes i just didn't want to jump in because you are on such a good roll but let's take our final time out uh please remember where you left off so we can pick back up on the other side of the commercial break stay with us everyone because pop dibiase is on a roll talking about conferences and what they're doing to change the game and disrupt the flow of things for more money stay with us everyone we'll be right back Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program back for a shortened final segment here as we rip through some of these issues. 
Pop, before I let you kind of uh, wrap up your thought there that you had before the break, I do want to ask you a question. When it comes to handicapping, we're always looking for angles, edges, and ultimately to be ahead of the marketplace, to be able to maybe, like in horse racing, somebody, the public's not aware of this like new a bug boy jockey. And so, you know, you, you ride it early, like you, you figure it out and you ride that wave and make some money because it won't be long before he's no longer riding 15 and 20 to ones. You know, it's going to catch up eventually. With that same kind of notion in mind, is there an angle to all these, you know, the conference relocations and stuff when you're sitting down and handicapping, you know, do, do these Pac-12 teams have an edge? Do they, do you bet against them early on? Like, have you started thinking about some of those things for any of these conference realignment situations? Now I just look at it the way that we I'm supposed to look at it every year. It just is what how do we gauge it? College football is already a crapshoot once you get the conference play because the worst team can beat the best team and that can happen at any point. So, you know, we have all that we have all that good stuff uh going on and you know, pretty much it's just something that we got to make sure that we handle and we take care of and uh we get to um, you know, we balance it out the right way, you know, and you, you yeah, get to know what though, let, let me let me let me jump in with this question though, because or a follow-up to this question, because I want to hear your thoughts on it. Here in the past, like I mentioned before the commercial timeout, you didn't see these kind of matchups until the bowl season. So what happened though in the regular season in conference play, you had data to look at. USC in Corvallis is three and seventeen against the spread in their last twenty matchups. UCLA against ASU, where the favorite has won, you know, fifteen out of the last eighteen matchups. We have tons of of stats over large periods of sample times that go across decades and different coaching staffs and different uh, players and different regimes and recent stuff from last year and the year before that. So a lot of very relevant information. We got nothing now. I mean, straight up, we got zero history in a lot of these matchups. Never played before. or haven't played since World War II. You know what I mean? Before, you didn't have to worry about that until the bowl games. And by excuse me, and by then you had your own storylines before you got there. Anyways, this coach is coaching his last game. This player's thinking about the NFL, and you had like a month to think about it before that bowl game. Now every week you're gonna have like a new bowl game, so to speak, with no history. You, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel what you're saying, but you know what? That's that. It, 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 it's sports, Mike. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, we just betting. I'm not, I don't need to go. Sometimes you're going to, you're going to lose, lose a game doing all that, that doing all the numbers and trying to be a rocket science and doing calculus and everything to try to get the perfect winner and the perfect score. Dude, if, if UCLA is better than Rutgers, of course we're taking UCLA. 
Come on. You know what I mean? But if it's a, a plus 41 spread for Rutgers, we're going to take Rutgers to cover the spread. And that's how it's going to be when they get to the – it's going to be business as usual, but I do get what you're saying. It's going to be different. It's not going to be to where, okay, yeah, they haven't won in uh, Eugene in 10 years. It's going to be epic if they win tonight. But you know what? Most of the time, the way that they're rotating, they're only going to see about three of those teams all the time when they get up. They they showed who their rotation is. USC's rotate. I think their rotation is like USC, UCLA, and their rotation is going to be this. It's going to be – UCLA, USC, Washington, and Oregon. There you go. So they're not really getting they they're just missing the other eight teams. That's it. But when you look at how they're going to set this thing up, UCLA and USC have two rivals there with them, and it's none none better than Oregon and Washington, two teams that are really their rivals outside of the state of California, and we all know that. But I hear know, you, man. But we know one rivalry that they'll be sorely missing, and that's the Arizona and Arizona State rivalries as well, too. That's why, sure. when, that's why I felt like Arizona State, Arizona more were suited to go wherever UCLA and USC went. But since those schools aren't consistently winning as much as Washington and Oregon has over the last 50 years, it's always it's Washington, Oregon have always been the pain in UCLA and USC sides. They've always been a, a, a test. They've always been those teams. So them going to the to join them, it's going to be them against the rest of the uh, Big Ten, and they know that. That's what how that's their mentality going into the situation is that we know it's us four against the rest of these guys. And then you add in, say, you add in Nebraska as your fifth buddy because they're they're new to the conference as well, too. Then, you know, pretty much it's all five of us against. But I think to keep it honest with you, though, I think Nebraska is going to figure out a way to get back to the Big 12. Even though they added three more teams into the Big 12, they can always kick one out. And I would say, well, who, and they ask, who you going to kick out? I would say probably Oklahoma State. No, well, I mean, I'm 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 disappointed that they're not going to be, uh, you know, rivals and playing against Oklahoma each and every year because that was always pretty fun. No, they're to still going to play against Oklahoma every year. It's going to oh, be just yeah. like Clemson, Clemson and South Carolina. They're not in the same yeah. conference, but they play that game at the end of the year, though. Um, who else? Uh, it, it, I thought, it has I thought it Gundy, like that. I thought Gundy was. I thought Coach Gundy was saying uh, contrary to that, and that was one of the things he's disappointed about. But maybe I misunderstood. No, okay, Bob, not, we've only got a couple of moments left. Yeah, we uh, we got a couple moments left, so we we probably need to move off of college football for a minute here. By the way, the great Al Michaels at Del Mar. See him on my TV screen. The great Al Michaels at Del Mar. It was actually his first love, by the way, Pop. His mom would pick him up after school. He would hope to get to Hollywood Park in time to play the late double. That's the great Al Michaels for you. So that's my Al Michaels reference for the day. Hopefully he's killing it at Del Mar today. Uh, looks like a pretty wide odds board here for race seven. Uh, what is taking a lot of money are the New York Jets. Jets are taking a whole bit of money. What, what are your uh, what are your quick thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' success over there? Well, you know that I guess which the Jets just like to have former uh, 
Green Bay quarter, uh, Green Bay legends, I guess. It just looks like VAR part two, but he's not even playing. That's the thing. He's just you know, only- they've now taken the most money. Like the, the Jets have, re- have, like the money poured in in Vegas is mostly on the Jets right now. They're the, but, but it's weird because the line hasn't adjusted to make them the favorite. Well, you know, they're playing in a tough division this year. Everybody in that division has a chance somewhat. And also, the Jets are very valuable because they just got Dalvin Cook. And they're looking at the situation as if this could be the same type of team that the Jets had when Rex Ryan was there with Sanchez that made it all the way to the conference championship not once but twice two years in a row. So they have this mentality that that this could be that team, but at the end of the day, they don't have a coach, man. I'm sorry. Well, they don't. Uh, I think they've got a good defensive-minded coach. I don't know how he is as a head coach yet. I have a good reserve judgment on that. Really quickly, found it very interesting in that the Jets and the Patriots each got themselves a veteran running back in the last week or so. When you look at the odds, Vegas odds, on each of the teams, before the signing and after the signing of Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook, the odds on each team didn't change one iota. From Vegas's perspective, it didn't even matter that those guys were added to the team. How about that, man? Huh? Uh, okay, we have about a minute and a half left. Dodgers, man, I got to give your team props. They're doing what they can to put this division away before we even get to September. Even with a banged up pitching staff, and a lot of injuries for that team. Job well done, Dave Roberts. Uh, and I think that the rest of the division is, is helping them pull away too, because they've kind of been stick, sticking Lance, up a joint. Yarbrough didn't pull up and, and fix that pitching problem. Come on, Mike. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Lance Lynn has been Bobby Miller, Come on, man. That's Lynn has been dealing. I'm pretty happy with him. Been out all year, man. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, two years. I love, I love burying the Yankees at this time of year. By the way, too. So, uh, not that the Red Sox are that far ahead of them, but the Yankees are now the first time this year that we have not been able to say that the whole team is above 500 because the Yankees finally broke that streak for the AL East. So. Pop, this hour truly zipped by so darn fast. And for Al, Michael, Al Michaels fans, by the way, Joaquin Jaime is about to interview him on TVG. If you want to check that out on FanDuel. Uh, but Pop, great show. Went by way too fast. We need another hour, man, to be able to uh, really get out what we need. But that's all the time we got for today, folks. As all always... Right. Thank you to Pop DiBiase. Thank you to Voice America and the entire team. Most of all, thank you, the listener. Without you, there is no show. We will see you all same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.